Hello, I'm Nathan Seem, the web editor for the American Thoracic Society. Thank you for listening to our ATS podcast series. And today we're talking about something that many of us need to know about for our career. That's maintaining our certification through the American Board of Internal Medicine, or ABIM. And we're going to try to talk about this within 20 minutes. And I'm lucky to be joined today by an expert on the topic, Dr. Jason Poston. Jason is an assistant professor of medicine as well as the fellowship director of the University of Chicago Pulmonary Critical Care Program. He spends way too much time thinking about maintenance of certification in his role as the vice chair of the ATS Education Committee. So Jason, I want to start the podcast off by give, asking you to provide some background about ATS and maintenance of certification. All, almost anybody I know in pulmonary critical care sleep, we grumble, or worse than grumble, when we hear those words, maintenance of certification. I don't really want to get into a discussion of the merits versus the problems with the ABIM program, but rather I'd like to focus on the hard work that you guys do on the ATS Education Committee uh, in an effort to make our lives easier in complying with MOC for those who choose to do so. So if you would, could you please provide some background on, first of all, how the Education Committee got involved in developing MOC content? Well, Nathan, thank you uh, for the opportunity to talk about MOC. You're absolutely right. Um, I have spent uh, more time than I uh, care to calculate um, thinking about MOC, um, but I think that um, with some of the leadership of the ATS, I think ATS members, um, I hope that ATS members really benefit from some of our efforts. So you had asked about some of the background and how our committee got involved. Um, as people are, are aware, um, changes in the ABIM and also the American Board of Pediatrics uh, maintenance certification programs of five or six years ago really changed the landscape of requirements for um, certified physicians. And it went from something that people thought about every 10 years to something that they were compelled to think about on a rolling basis. Um, and these annual requirements um, and these mandates required that professional societies produce a lot of educational materials that qualified for MOC. Um, so initially there were materials out there, but there were very few that were specific to pulmonary critical care or sleep. So there'd be multiple um, MOC uh, medical knowledge uh, units on diabetes or on hypertension uh, before the scope of practice for most ATS members there was very little out there. And so ATS wanted to, to really sort of drive the agenda um, to generate for our peers uh, materials that were pertinent to practice that would be helpful at the same time they were um, mandated. And so we saw an opportunity um, not only to, to sort of serve the members, um, but also to serve the organization to add value to and enhance an ATS membership. And so our efforts over the last several years have been born out of um, that recognition and that opportunity. Well, I appreciate that, and obviously it's a, a lot uh, better to do a module about something relevant to your clinical practice than hypertension or diabetes, you know, if you're if you're in the ICU, for example. Um, so, but I, I did want to step back and, and refresh some people who, uh, you know, just recall the show up every 10 years and recertify. Um, MOC, as you said, there's a, there are yearly requirements as well as 10-year requirements. So could you tell us uh, what those requirements are that uh, people need to fulfill in order to stay 
compliant. Certainly. Um, so we've gone from, uh, as you stated, a, a time when every 10 years was sufficient um, to now, at least from the ABIM, but most other um, accrediting societies uh, and um, bodies, many of which are pertinent to members of the ATS, such as the American Board of Pediatrics, um, operate on a sort of a four-part um, American Board of Medical Specialties program for maintenance of certification. The greatest part of that um, that has changed um, has been the requirement for um, lifelong learning and an annual um, medical knowledge and self-assessment. And so as opposed to every 10 years, you now have to do something, at least from the ABIM standpoint, every two years. Um, what you do is assigned, to, depending on its length and its depth, a number of points. You're required to have 100 points every five years. Um, so for those of you and doing the math at home, you need 20 maintenance certification points um, on average annually. Um, and then, of course, the requirement for the secure exam has not gone away, and so that exam uh, still comes up every 10 years. But it was this requirement for 20 maintenance certification points um, on an annual basis that really led us to, to get involved and, and to try and offer from the ATS um, some maintenance certification programs. Well, thanks for breaking that down. So now, obviously, we're about uh, a little less than two months from uh, the 2016 ATS International Conference in San Francisco as we tape this podcast today. And so I'm already angling to be as efficient as possible in uh, achieving my, uh, uh, maximizing my, uh, my MOC points. So if you could provide us the inside scoop, Jason, on what should people be doing uh, that are, are attending the conference in San Francisco uh, to maximize their MIC points. So, Nathan, probably the easiest way um, to get MOC credit is to uh, attend one of the clinical core curriculum sessions. So these are sessions that, uh, uh, with sponsorship and, and support from the Education Committee, but also um, from the International Conference Committee and the, the ATS Board, have developed over the last few years to offer a series of lectures, um, journal articles that review the high and highlight the uh, major points of the lectures, um, and then a self-assessment module, um, which is critical to the MOC. Um, and we offer that in four different pillars adult pulmonary medicine, adult critical care medicine, um, sleep medicine, and pediatric pulmonary medicine at the international conference. So the way that these tend to work is, um, so take for instance, if you're a critical care physician and want to um, take part in the adult critical care clinical core, you would attend um, two sessions. Um, it tends to be an hour and a half session and a two hour session with seven 30-minute uh, presentations that review a pertinent topic. You'll have the opportunity to look at a published article in the Annals of the American Thoracic Society that highlight the key points of these lectures. And at any point, you can take an online learning module. Um, and if you pass uh, the learning module, you will be eligible for maintenance of certification credit if you're enrolled in the ABIM maintenance of certification program. So it's really this uh, you know, three-headed, three-pronged educational um, program that is a lecture, um, a review article, 
as well as the um, questions uh, online um, that would be uh, necessary uh, to get MOC and probably the easiest way to get MOC at present at the International Committee. Each of these pillars um, will offer roughly 10 MOC points. So if, for instance, you are someone who practices adult pulmonary and critical care medicine, if you attend the adult critical care core and the adult pulmonary core, you would then be eligible and could complete, uh, hopefully successfully, the uh, modules with questions and achieve all 20 maintenance of certification points you need uh, for that particular year. All right, thanks for explaining that, Jason. I just wanted to, to clarify a couple of parts. Um, <clears throat> so the, the sessions, um, you mentioned the four pillars, uh, and you mentioned uh, typically two sessions uh, for each of the pillars. Typically, are those uh, morning sessions during the conference, so when people are, are now already in advance preparing uh, to figure out uh, what sessions they're going to attend? And um, the online test, is there a, uh, I assume it's a post-test where you have to get a certain percentage to obtain credit? Is that correct? So, yes, the online test, there is a requirement that you get a certain percentage of those um, items correct in order for you to get credit. Um, all of the questions are answered in the context of the sessions, and so um, there's a pretty tight integration between the, the lecture sessions, the journal articles, as well as the questions. So if you if you attend the sessions, if you read the journal articles, um, the questions really should not be um, too challenging and shouldn't require a tremendous amount of additional independent study in order to get the, the questions correct. You had asked about the sessions. Um, because we have four different pillars um, and we're trying to integrate these into a very busy meeting, each pillar um, tends to be presented in two separate sessions. Usually one is in the morning uh, for about an hour and a half, and then the second session that will complete the, um, core, the clinical core curriculum in, in any of these pillars will be in the afternoon for about two hours. Um, those are not necessarily on the same day, and it varies from pillar to pillar depending upon where there was educational real estate in the international conference. The one exception to that is the pediatric uh, pillar, um, which will meet every morning, um, I believe, for four days straight. Um, but all of these uh, core curricula, uh, once the international conference schedule is published and available, um, will be uh, very clearly marked and indicated uh, if you go and, and utilize the thoracic.org website and uh, browse through the international conference offerings. Yes, and uh, I think uh, once that is available, we can uh, put links as well on the uh, the homepage for this podcast on uh, on thoracic.org. So that way, uh, we one stop shopping, and, and when people listen to this podcast, they can figure out uh, exactly uh, when to go to the the pillars they they choose to attend. So then, I'd like to um, to actually uh, address something that that actually occurred to me when I was trying to. Uh, getting some MOC uh, points last year that obviously there are often multiple concurrent interesting sessions and you have to choose between what you're going to miss and what you're going to attend live. Um, and I'm sure that that, uh, that same situation will occur for many of our listeners. So if one misses out on 
some of the MOC offerings in San Francisco. Uh, I understand there are several other opportunities that that your group and, and ATS has provided uh, for members to to get MOC points. So could you tell us about those? Certainly. Uh, when we were planning our maintenance of certification uh, program through the uh, clinical core curricula, we recognized that ATS is often too much of a good thing uh, and you just can't attend all of the sessions. So that was one of the reasons behind um, sort of working in partnership. This is this is truly an instance where it, it sort of took the whole ATS village to offer uh, the MOC in the in its current iteration. So working with um, working with the website, working with the annals of the American Thoracic Society for the uh, written uh, review of these clinical topics. Um, those are available on the website um, to ATS members around the clock, uh, 365 days a year once they've been posted. So if you are unable to make the session um, at the uh, international conference, um, typically with membership and conference attendance, um, a webcast will be available. Likewise, if you prefer uh, the written word to the spoken word, um, the ATS, um, or I'm sorry, the annals of the ATS sessions will be published. And again, the content um, will be, by, in, by intention, um, a bit redundant um, and to make sure that there are multiple modalities by which people that we know are very busy, um, both out the, at the conference um, but also maybe so busy they can't even make it to the conference so that all ATS members have the ability um, to take in these excellent clinical reviews and then also sort of reward themselves with maintenance of certification credit. I'd also like to point out that while we've talked about the clinical core curriculum, um, there are other opportunities that we have, have started to develop um, that offer MOC. So the ATS provides really thorough and excellent clinical um, practice guidelines one of our initiatives recently, and again working with the annals of the ATS, is to provide short two-page summaries of these clinical practice guidelines um, that are a little more digestible in a single setting, and then link to those practice um, guideline summaries um, an online MOC product as well. So again, an, another question bank, a, a required percentage of correct responses, um, but another opportunity um, to receive maintenance of certification. And so it, there are opportunities at the international conference, and as you've, you've stated, Nathan, if you can't make the um, clinical core curricula presentations, there's opportunities to watch them on the web. There's opportunities to read um, the clinical summaries in the annals of the ATS. But then there are other opportunities, uh, largely um, sponsored and, and facilitated by the Education Committee with the help of lots of talented people at the ATS, where something as similar as reading a clinical practice guideline, which you would do to educate yourself anyway, um, can turn into an opportunity to check a box and meet the maintenance of certification requirement um, that the ABIM um, has. Well, Jason, I will take a moment to say that to, you, know, you and Carrie Thompson, who's the current chair of the Education Committee, and your entire group is worked extraordinarily hard to put all this together and to provide multiple avenues uh, by which people can get the um, the MOC credit and, and, and the piece that links to the annals of ATS uh, was actually quite nice too. And I uh, will uh, confess to earning some of my MOC points that way. So um, 
I'd also like to, to talk to you. I think a lot of, of us have confusion about, you know, what are we supposed to do with MOC? We've heard, you know, it's even extended to the, the mainstream media controversy regarding ABIM and what's go, what's going to happen with MOC going forward. And ABIM has also recently changed some parts of the MOC process and and is reassessing others. So I'm sure this is not only a headache for us, but quite a headache for, for you in preparing MOC content, which I think you're probably working on year-round since the goalposts may be moving. So, you know, do you, I'd ask for your comment, do you know anything in terms of an update on where things are currently and where you might guess things may be going forward uh, in terms of MOC? So Nathan, that's a that's a great point. Before I before I answer it, I want to, as you were giving all of your shout outs and accreditation uh, and credit uh, for this process, I want to also uh, thank you for your uh, facilitation of of what we've been able to do with the website. Um, and certainly, without without your guidance, uh, this integrated product would not be possible. Um, getting back to the the question. Um, as I sort of mentioned before, with an increased mandate for people to have more maintenance of certification points, there became uh, a need for more content. And unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of content out there. Um, so the ATS and, and other um, organizations um, took it upon themselves to say, this is the right thing to do. Our members need this. And so they started to generate content. So there's a learning component, and then there's an evaluation component. The evaluation component is a typical um, you know, best answer, multiple choice uh, question. And in the early um, iteration of this, our questions had to go to the ABIM for them to do a third-party review. Um, and that process, I think, overwhelmed um, the ability of the ABM to keep up with what the ATS and other professional organizations were doing. And so with this um, sudden skyrocketing of MOC requirements, um, the sudden demand for MOC products, I think um, the ABIM took stock of things and said, I don't know that we necessarily have the person power, perhaps the expertise, um, and certainly uh, neither of those things in abundance that we can turn these things around in very short order, which is, I think, what is required in, in 2015 when this decision was made and 2016 in which we're having this discussion. So the the new way that maintenance of certification is generated um, is more similar to what um, continuing medical education, or CME, um, has traditionally been through, which is an organization like the American Thoracic Society is uh, accredited by the American Council of um, Continuing Medical Education, or the ACCME. And uh, by our accreditation, we are able to uh, vet educational materials and deem them uh, eligible for continuing medical education credits. Maintenance of certification will now be handled in a very similar way. And so if the ATS members or its various committees um, generate educational materials and meet certain requirements such as an evaluation or a, a question um, bank that's associated with a particular activity, the American Thoracic Society will now be able to offer maintenance of certification credit um, because of their ACCME accreditation. Uh, so what this will, will do is hopefully 
make more efficient the process by which uh, materials can be generated and then turned, packaged, and approved um, to, for participants to receive MOC credit. So what does that mean going forward? So for 2016, I think our offerings will, uh, through the American Thoracic Society, will look at the um, international conference very similar to what they have in the past, but it is important to recognize this is a time of transition. So it may be um, that through this evolving process, which is more streamlined, there will be more opportunity for maintenance of certification uh, points to be earned at the international conference, um, but also via online web learning and through the ATS journals. And so we continue to adapt to this changing landscape. Um, I do think that the ATS is, has been a leader in this, and honestly that we're poised um, to be very nimble and very adaptable because we already have buy-in um, from ATS leadership, um, including the board, the um, International Conference Committee, uh, from the journals, and from the Education Committee. And when you have all of those uh, talented people committed to um, you know, serve the educational and maintenance of certification needs of members, I think whatever set of uh, regulations and process um, is thrown at us, I think we'll be in a good position to continue to be leaders and to offer high-quality products to ATS members um, as, as a part of their annual membership fee. So then, Jason, does the bottom line for all that mean you never get a break from uh, creating uh, new MOC uh, content going forward? Well, I think as as soon as people stop needing it, uh, I'll I'll be able to stop creating it. I don't see that in my future, and so um, you know, luckily I'm uh, supported, and and Carrie and the rest of the education committee has been. Um, supported by a great committee. I think the people on that committee work um, very, very hard to make sure that uh, these educational um, these educational modules are of high quality and that the um, process that's required to receive MOC is followed. Um, and I would anticipate that um, you know this really does become uh, a community learning um, activity. And and as some of those barriers to getting maintenance certification approval are brought down. I see that, you know, more and more people in the American Thoracic Society that are that are talented, that are creative, um, and have a lot to teach their colleagues uh, will be able to engage this process and create more and more um, opportunities for people to um, sort of take what we already do, which is to teach each other and to learn from one another um, and to get the credit that we deserve for it. Well, Jason, I'd like to thank you for uh, taking some time today to, to discuss this, and hopefully uh, our discussion will make it easier for, for members to navigate all the, the MOC offerings in San Francisco. And, and again, thank you for making my life easier to comply with MOC. Uh, to our listeners, uh, to listen to more of our ATS podcasts, please go to thoracic.org podcasts, and uh, please go to the thoracic.org podcasts and webinars page, or subscribe via iTunes. You can find our podcast on iTunes by, type, by typing American Thoracic Society in the search box. I'm Nitin Seem for the American Thoracic Society.